Good morning. Well, hi, nice to meet you. Well, I am glad to see everyone here at Groveport United Methodist Church. I'm now very concerned that I might get yelled at by Terry, so I don't want to, you know. But again, good morning. I am so glad to see all of you here. And before we continue with our time of worship together this day, a couple of uh, brief announcements. Uh, first, I'd like to remind everybody that our adoptive family uh, tree is uh, there in the back. And uh, there's some information there in your bulletin uh, about being involved in that. Also, um, our uh, Christmas poinsettias, or poinsettias, depending on how you pronounce that, uh, are, are, of course, here and displayed in the uh, sanctuary. And a uh, big thank you to all those who helped with the decorations last Sunday. Uh, doesn't the, the church look beautiful today? And beautiful. So big, big thank you to everybody. And uh, of course, a, a big thank you to, uh, to Steve for, for coordinating that for us. Uh, our Christmas card exchange, there's some information in your bulletin about that. Also, our Lillian Faith uh, cookie candy sale is going to be December 9th from 9 to 12. And there's some information about that. Our Christmas caroling is coming up on the 16th. Uh, something new uh, that I want to draw your attention to real quick. On the 17th, there will be no uh, Sunday school. And that is um, uh, because we are going to be having breakfast that day. Uh, there is going to be a, a sign-up genius about that. Um, uh, because we're going to be having breakfast. And if you have a food item you'd like to bring in, uh, uh, you can sign up. But we're having breakfast, not just with each other, but with a certain special somebody who might reside in the North Pole. Yes, and it starts at 9.30, and uh, you can see uh, uh, Susan Soffer with any questions about that uh, as well. Again, so glad to see you uh, here uh, in worship with us. Uh, both in person and online. And if you would, would you now join with me in our breakthrough prayer? Amazing God, we pray that through the Holy Spirit, your preferred future for Groveport United Methodist Church will be made clear to us. Give us the courage we need to follow you wherever you may take us. We ask that you bind us together in love so that we can bring the good news of Jesus Christ to our friends, families, and community. Open our eyes so that we may see the amazing things you are already doing among us. Amen. Let us prepare our hearts and minds for worship.
join me in the call to worship. The days are coming, God promises. New life will spring forth. The days are coming, God affirms. We will live in safety. The days are coming, God assures. Justice and righteousness will reign everywhere. God's promises are true. Let us rejoice. You may be seated. Please join in our second hymn this morning, Angels from the Realms of Glory. so hard, was it? <laughs> the first scripture reading this morning comes from the book of Isaiah, chapter 64, verses 1 through 9. Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down, that the mountains would tremble before you. As when fire sets twigs ablaze and causes water to boil, 
Come down to make your name known to your enemies and cause the nations to quake before you. For when you did awesome things that we did not expect, you came down and the mountains trembled before you. Since ancient times, no one has heard, no ear has perceived, no eye has seen any God besides you who acts on behalf of those who wait for him. You come to the help of those who gladly do right, who remember your ways. But when we continued to sin against them, you were angry. How then can we be saved? All of us have become like one who is unclean, and all our righteous acts are like filthy rags. We all shrivel up like a leaf, and like the wind, our sins sweep us away. No one calls on your name or strives to lay hold of you, for you have hidden your face from us and have given us over to our sins. Yet you, Lord, are our Father. We are the clay, you are the potter. We are all the work of your hand. Do not be angry beyond measure, Lord. Do not remember for sins, our sins forever. Oh, look on us, we pray, for we are all your people. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. At this time, we're going to call the Tabor family forward to light this Sunday's Advent candle. All right, good morning. The most important tool I need is my glasses. I can eat here. All right, hope is assertive, even aggressive at times. Hope has fueled the prophet to call upon God to tear open the heavens and shake the mountains so that we would all tremble, remembering that there is a God because the world has forgotten. But we have not. We cling to this hope that interrupts and shakes our lives out of monotony out of complacency, and out of despair. We light this candle, a spark of flame, that ignites a rebellion of hope against despair, against hate, against fear. This is the fire that kindles the inside of us and will not die. As we light this candle, all right, please follow along with me. God of hope, our world has grown cold with despair, with hopelessness, with weariness and dread. Alighten us the fire of your spirit, a reminder that death has never the final word, so we may purpose justice and live into your ways and become living hope in a world that desperately needs it. Amen. Thank you. Let's all join now in the first verse of O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. <laughs>
And now is the time in which we can come together as the body of Christ and raise to the Lord our joys and our concerns. If you have a prayer request, I would invite you to fill out uh, the blue prayer request card, which uh, should be located in your bulletin. You can just drop that into the offering plate, and uh, someone will be sure to, to pray for you this week. If you are watching online, you can send us an email uh, at prayer at groveportumc.org. Uh, you can also always call the church office and talk to Nancy, or uh, you can even uh, just drop us a line in regular old snail mail. They still make a delivery. But however you do, know that God hears your prayers and cares for you deeply. Let us prepare ourselves for this time of prayer. led, I invite you to come forward and to be prayed for here at the, the front of, of the chancel. Know that God is with you through the good times and the bad. Let us pray. Holy God, creator of the universe, Redeemer of heaven and earth, sustainer of life. We are awed at the promise of Emmanuel, God with us. The story of the incarnation is comforting in its familiarity to us, but the promise and its fulfillment are no less extraordinary today. And they were on a starry night some 2,000 years ago in Bethlehem. Merciful God, we need your incarnate presence among us today. We need an encounter with the holy. We need to be reminded that we will not find the truth of who you are in tinsel, bright lights, or gleaming holiday parties. 
but only in the stillness of our hearts where we can hear you say, do not be afraid. Quiet us and attune us to your spirit, O Lord, as we lift to you the joys, needs, and concerns of our community. Lord, we humbly lift to you Betty, who is currently at home in hospice care. Please allow your comforting spirit to descend upon her and upon Julie, who is taking care of her. Lord, in your mercy, we raise to you, creator of all, all of those who are currently undergoing treatment for cancer, Doris and Tom, Rita and Bruce, Cheryl and Susan, Lori and Rex and Trent. We pray that their treatments will be both effective and the side effects mild. Lord, in your mercy, Lord, we raise to you Joyce, who is currently undergoing a stem cell transplant. We pray that this procedure will be successful. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, we pray this morning for continual healing for Gary and Bart and Kenny, Leanna and Bill and Susie, Mark and Ed. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, we pray for peace in our world. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, we thank you for the gift of family and friends. And we lift to you all of those who will be traveling this holiday season we pray for safety. Lord, in your mercy. And Lord, we raise to you those who we hold dear, who are having difficulties in their life, difficulties in employment, difficulties with substance abuse, difficulties in relationships. Help, Lord to bring stability to their lives and peace and comfort. Lord, in your mercy. And Lord, we thank you for Jesus, the greatest gift ever given. And we now lift to you that prayer that he taught us so very long ago. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever.
I'm reminded this morning of that great old vacation Bible school hymn, Give Me Oil in My Lamp, Keep Me Burning, because clearly there are no oil, there's no oil in the Advent candles. And they keep going out. So I promise next week we will have oil in our lamps and keep burning for the Lord. It's time and service now um, that we come where we can give something back to God um, uh, for our tithes and our offerings. Um, we have several ways you can do that. You can uh, mail a check here to the church at 512 Main Street. You can go online and through our Ezekiel app, you can give uh, that way. Um, that's right. That's right. You can do that too. Um, and you can um, always uh, put uh, money in the offering plates this morning. So at this time, will the ushers please come forward?
triumphant, liberating Savior of all. Receive these gifts and the hopeful hearts that offer them as part of your bountiful harvest. Strengthen and sustain us through our hungers and our fears until your unexpected advent. Help us as we wait to know each day that we are a part of your generous, expectant household and the body of Christ. Amen. But the children like to come up for our children's moment. I don't want to worry you, but are you aware that there's two people on your head? Okay. All right. Well, how's everybody's Sunday going? Good? All right. Well, here in just a little bit, we're going to be talking about a guy named Joseph, of Mary and Joseph fame, Jesus' dad. And he was super scared when he found out that Mary was going to have a baby, the baby Jesus. And as we think about that, I got a question for you. What are you guys scared of? Who wants to share? Robert, what are you scared of? Spiders. Any of you scared of spiders? Yeah. Especially those big hairy ones, right? Yeah, Ryan, what are you scared of? Michael Myers. Good answer. Very strong. Very strong. What are you scared of? Thunder. I know. Any of you guys scared of thunder? You can be scared. What are you scared of? Monsters. Just monsters in general. Yeah. So do you have to like check under your bed and in your closet and stuff? Did I just put that in your mind? I'm so sorry. Right as it was coming out of my mouth, I realized, what am I doing? Oh, traumatizing people. Yeah. Well, you know, Joseph was scared. But do you know what made him not scared? Yes. Well, what is on this sheet, Ryan? An angel. An angel holding a horn. Have any of you ever seen a picture of an angel like this around Christmas time? No? Well, well, we're going to have to change that. Yeah. See, angel, just like this, came to Joseph and said, Joseph, don't be scared. God is with you. God is with you. So know that no matter what it is that's scaring you, if it's 
big hairy spiders or uh, monsters that don't live anywhere in your house <laughs> or, or heights or whatever it is that scares you, God is with you. And God is bigger and more powerful than anything that's scaring you and God will always be there for you, okay? All right, let's pray. Dear God, help us not to be scared because you are with us. Lord, when there is something that, that scares us, we're going we're gonna to pray to you, Lord, and we're going to ask for your help and for your protection and to make us brave. Thank you for always being with us, we pray. Amen. All right, you guys can get off to a junior church if you want. This morning's gospel reading comes from the book of Matthew, chapter 1, verses 18 through 21. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. Lord, as your scriptures are read and proclaimed this day, we ask that by the power of your Holy Spirit, that our hearts, our minds, and our very lives may be transformed by your Holy Word. Thank you for your gift of scripture, we pray. Amen. Clearly, life isn't always what you expect it to be, amen? <laughs> Oftentimes, we have great expectations for how things are going to be, and they don't always turn out. Sometimes there's no oil in your candle. Sometimes the PowerPoint stops working. Sometimes all that happens on the same day. But you know what we call that? We call that life, don't we? Life is sometimes messy. Life is, is sometimes unpredictable. Life sometimes serves you up things you don't expect. And that's what we're going to be looking at today when we look at Joseph. See, 
Joseph thought his life was all well organized until it wasn't. And I think a lot of us, we can kind of feel for Joseph because we've been there, amen? So let's get back into talking about Joseph. We started last week talking a little bit about uh, the man Joseph who was a carpenter, uh, a man who worked with his hands, a, a man who was uh, an artisan. And this man, he was pledged to be married to a young woman by the name of Mary. Now, when we think of Joseph and Mary, sometimes the image we have is a little different than, than maybe other people's images. When you picture Joseph, raise your hand if you see Joseph as an older guy. Any of you see him as an older guy? All right. How many of you see Joseph as like a younger guy? How many of you have never, ever really thought about it until just now? Yeah, you never think about it. Well, believe it or not, the Bible didn't tell us much about Joseph at all. As we said last week, he doesn't even have any speaking parts. Right? The only stuff we know about Joseph is what other people say about him. And so we don't know the age of Joseph. And the Bible doesn't tell us anything. And so early on in the history of the church, people started to scratch their heads and to ponder about Joseph. And so uh, early on, uh, uh, different traditions about Joseph began to arise. And one of those traditions has to do with Joseph and his age. One of the stories, and this isn't in the Bible, uh, but it, it's, a, it's an early story, tells that Joseph it was an older man. Uh, he was picked by uh, Mary's mom and dad, uh, who the Bible doesn't ever mention, but in tradition, uh, 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 Mary's mom is, is a woman by the name of, of uh, Anne, uh, often known as Saint Anne. And, uh, 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 and Joseph is picked to marry, uh, uh, well, to marry Mary because they, they know that their daughter has been picked by God to do something special and they want somebody to take care of her and to keep her safe. And so they pick a, a older uh, a, a widower uh, to marry Mary and uh, to protect her. And that is... Uh, the tradition that carries forth even today in uh, different parts of Christianity, like the Orthodox Church and the Roman Catholic Church. So if you see G, um, Joseph uh, uh, shown as an older person, chances are that your nativity set or that painting was made by somebody who is either Roman Catholic or uh, uh, Russian or Greek Orthodox. On the Protestant side of things, since the Bible doesn't say how old Joseph is, we tend, tend to go with that he was probably a similar age to Mary. And so Joseph in the Protestant world tends to be depicted as a younger person, as, as somebody uh, either Mary's age or just slightly bit older. And uh, so go home, look at your nativity set, 
see how Joseph is uh, portrayed, and you can almost guarantee the person who made it, if they were either Roman Catholic or if they were Protestant by the age of Joseph. Now you have something you can talk to your friends about at Christmas dinner. So let's talk about Joseph and Mary. The Bible says that they were pledged to be married. And we often say that they were engaged, right? That, that they were, were engaged. But engagement then and engagement now is a little bit different. So uh, the uh, best way of, of looking at it is to kind of look at the marriage customs during the time of Jesus. And uh, basically it worked like this. A young woman's family would get with a young man's family and they would decide that, you know what, I think our daughter and your son would make a great couple. And couples were usually brought together by their families. A little bit different than, you know, today. There you know, were no dating apps back then, right? So your families tended to put the couple together. And the way it worked was... Uh, uh, the families would sit down and they would introduce the man and, uh, and the woman t together. Uh, women typically got married uh, 14, 15 years old. Guys maybe were a little bit older so they could support a family. Uh, so maybe 17, 18. And uh, they uh, uh, would sit down together. And if the, this marriage looked like it would work out, the groom's family would pay money to the family of the bride. And this wasn't a small sum of money. Scholars uh, tell us that it was, would be equivalent to, let's say, a car. The amount of money you'd spend on a car today. So you're, you're, you're talking a big chunk of change. You know, uh, would, would go from the groom's family to the bride's family. And then the groom himself would save up a little bit of money, a couple months uh, uh, worth of pay, and give that to his soon-to-be wife as well. And we can kind of think of that. It's very similar to the idea of, of guys saving up money to buy an engagement ring, right? And, and, and it would have been about the same amount of money. And uh, once that money was exchanged, both families would then sign an agreement. And the agreement was that the, uh, the woman would be faithful to the man and the man would be faithful to the woman. Uh, and that if the man, for whatever reason, decided not to go through with the marriage, the woman got to keep all of the money that was given to her. Yay, for women, right? But the reason was, is, is, is there needed to be money there to support a woman who had been abandoned by her soon-to-be husband, because it might be hard to find her another husband right away. Um, and uh, the woman agreed, of course, to be faithful to the husband. And then there would be a few months to maybe even a year's time, and a wedding ceremony would take place, and uh, uh, the happy couple would live together. So Mary and Joseph had apparently already done the whole money thing, and they had signed the agreement. They were just waiting for that wedding ceremony when all of the sudden, 
Joseph is hit with the news that Mary was going to have a baby. Can you imagine, Joseph? Can you imagine the feelings that he must have had? Luke tells us that, that Mary had learned from the angel Gabriel that, that, that she was pregnant. And so she goes and she visits her older cousin, Elizabeth, the mother of John the Baptist, who she herself had a miraculous uh, uh, birth or a, a miraculous pregnancy. And I, I like to think that maybe Elizabeth went with Mary to, to go talk to Joseph, that maybe together they would, would be able to convince Joseph that, hey, guess what? I'm going to have a baby, but don't worry, it's from God. Now, I got to tell you, I've had people tell me all kinds of things in my life. I bet you have too. I've had people who have told me that um, everything that from the earth is flat, literally had somebody tell me that once, to uh, our, our country is being run by reptilian aliens. That was recently. I am not kidding. And my answer to all of that is, huh, really? I picture Joseph having a very similar reaction to Mary coming up and going, hey, Joseph, guess what? I'm pregnant, but don't worry. This is from God. And I just see Joseph going, huh, really? An angel told you. Yeah. I bet you that happens all the time. And you couldn't blame Joseph for not believing. Would you believe somebody if they told you that? You'd be like, oh, um, I mean, I don't know much, but I know basic biology. <laughs> Yet, Joseph did something that was remarkable. Joseph did this. Joseph, according to the Bible, did not want to disgrace Mary publicly. See, Joseph could have gone and, and made a big fuss about this. He could have said, look what Mary did to me. And he could have broken off the engagement. He would have gotten all of his money back because she hadn't been faithful to him. And she would have been ostracized. She would have had all kinds of shame heaped upon her by her community. Now, technically, uh, uh, the, 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 the scriptures said that she could have been stoned to death for committing, because this would have been considered adultery. Now, there was is really very little evidence that during the time of Jesus there in uh, Roman-occupied Palestine that, that uh, women were still being stoned to death for adultery, but it was on the table. Joseph didn't want any of that. Instead, Joseph did this. He said, I'm going to just let her go quietly. 
I'm going to take the blame. I'm going to just tell people I decided I don't want to marry her. She gets to keep all of the money. I get all the blame because he'll be looked at as well, for lack of a better term, as a jerk, right? And so she'll keep the money. I'll be, be, be looked at as a jerk. People will, 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 will look at me with all kinds of scorn, but she will be protected. Isn't that amazing? To take punishment that you think somebody else deserves to protect them for their benefit. I can't help but think that Jesus growing up heard this story about his, his, his earthly father and, and, and that it couldn't, that it must have made an impression upon him. That, that, that Joseph was willing to take the punishment that he believed somebody else deserved for the other person's benefit. That's an amazing, amazing example. But then Joseph, of course, was, was reached out to in a dream by an angel. who tells Joseph not to be afraid to marry his beloved Mary because everything she told him was true. And he then walked forward in faith and did just as he had been instructed to do. My friends, Joseph is an amazing example for us of what it means to have sacrificial love for somebody. Joseph is an example for us of what it means to be a man of integrity. My friends, we live in a world that is in desperate need of men of integrity. And Joseph is a great example of that, of somebody who was willing to look beyond their own needs and look to the needs of somebody else. So when we read this story of Joseph, we're not just reading about a side character in the Christmas story. No, we are reading about somebody who took seriously the call to follow God's leading and to do what was God's will and to live a life of love. And that's what this whole season's all about living a life of love. Let us pray. Lord, help us to be willing to extend grace to those who have hurt us so that we may allow room for you to work miracles in our lives and in their lives. Help us, Lord, to be people of integrity, to be people who are willing to sacrifice on behalf of others, just as Jesus sacrificed on the behalf of us. We thank you for the story of Joseph. We thank you for the incarnation. We thank you for your love. And it is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
I invite you now to join with me in the great thanksgiving. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and a joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, almighty God, creator of heaven and earth. You formed us in your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. You delivered us from captivity, made covenant to be our sovereign God, and spoke to us through your prophets who looked for that day when justice shall roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream, where nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. And so, with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, Heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you and blessed is your son, Jesus Christ, whom you sent in the fullness of time to be a light to the nations. You scatter the proud in the imagination of their hearts and have mercy on those who fear you from generation to generation. You put down the mighty from their thrones and exalt those of low degree. You fill the hungry with good things and the rich you send empty away. Your own son came among us as a servant to be Emmanuel, your presence with us. He humbled himself in obedience to your will and freely accepted death on a cross. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church and delivered us from slavery to sin and death and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread. He gave it to his disciples and he said, take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples, and said, Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. And so, in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of our faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. 
By your spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit and your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever. Amen. All is now ready. We practice open communion, which means anyone who feels led is invited to participate. This morning, we will be taking communion in our seats, which means uh, shortly. Uh, Usher will pass to you a plate uh, containing the bread. You're invited to take a piece and to hold that until all have been served, and then we will uh, take that element together. You will then be passed a tray containing uh, small cups of juice. You're invited to uh, take a cup and again, like the bread, to hold that until all have been served, and then we will uh, take that element together as well. I would like to invite those who will be helping to serve communion to come forward and for all of us to be in an attitude of quiet reflection as we ponder the love of God.
My friends, this is the body of Christ broken for you. Take and eat. My friends, this is the blood of Christ shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Take and drink. Will you please stand this morning as we sing our closing hymn, 
Traditionally, we only sing Silent Night one time through the whole Christmas season, and that's at 7 o'clock on Christmas Eve. And I just felt like it was appropriate that we sing it this morning. So, Silent Night. <laughs>
blessings of God, our Creator, Jesus the Christ, and the Holy Spirit be with you all.